Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, and Cell Liberation Day, is an American holiday celebrated annually on June 19th. It commemorates June 19th, 1865, when Union General Gordon Granger read federal orders in Galveston, Texas, that all previously enslaved people in Texas were free. Although the Emancipation Proclamation had formally freed them almost two and a half years earlier, the American Civil War had largely ended with the defeat of the Confederate States in April. Texas was the most remote of the slave states with a low presence of Union troops. So enforcement of the proclamation had been slow and inconsistent. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. If you can't tell, we started this one off a little bit different. We had to remove the Disney Plus ad, not because we're celebrating Juneteenth, but just because I wanted to start it off with something uh, just commemorating and explaining uh, Juneteenth for anyone who doesn't know where it started. Um, I have the majority of my audience is African-American or minorities, but we do have people that aren't. And so with them, uh, listen to this podcast. I wanted to start off with something educational. I know this episode's super late. You still will be getting your episode this Sunday. But once I went a couple of days without getting to finish The Awakened Soul, I figured I might as well just drop it on Juneteenth um, and, you know, kind of make it a little bit more special with having. So each in between each segment here, you actually get some facts about Juneteenth dropped in from various podcasters from out our pod and family community. So I'm really happy um, with that one and, and excited to bring you guys that drop. But um, yeah, this week is going to be a fairly short episode. We got two topics for you during the In the Mind of Hayes segment, and then we're actually going to going to be talking about the five bloods in the main discussion topic of this week. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to get take a break, get into our intro music. I will see you guys on the other side of that. We hop into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. So we're in my dark and twisted crazy ass mind. Welcome to the end of my hey segment. And you know, I just realized that at the stop top of the show, I did not do my usual thing. So I'm, I'm a little off if you guys can't tell because this is the first episode in it has to be like eight months that I'm not doing video with this episode. And I have my my Juneteenth shirt on and everything, but I really wanted to get you guys this episode out as, as fast as possible. So, you know, the, the cutting of video and all that um, just would have added to it. And it's a whole production. I got some new equipment. I'm in the middle of moving the studio around, moving it to a different uh, place. So just with all of that, like I'm, I'm kind of a little bit off my game, a little bit. I'm still the best in the game. So even me off my game is better than most people on their game. That's a humble brag. But what I forgot to say at the top of the show, if you guys want to follow the podcast, make sure you do so at the Awaken Soul Pod or at Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. Hey, character limits. And then also, if you want to follow me personally, you can do so at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And then lastly, if you want to check out this podcast as well as all the other Breaks Media podcasts, make sure you go to the Breaks Media Network. Work.com. So 
with all that being said and done, let's get in to the mind of Hayes. And so the first topic that I have, and I guess this kind of worked out that I'm actually dropping this episode a little bit late, is the J. Cole situation. So we had J. Cole drop Snow on the Buff, Bluff, I can't remember which one it is. Um, no Name actually came out with a new song as well, kind of responding to it. And so we kind of talked about this on the Breaks Radio as well, so make sure you're checking that out if you haven't. But the thing with this uh, whole situation is... Um, you know, I, I and I said this on the Breaks Radio, so I'm trying not to rehash it. We, one thing we didn't talk about was No Name's response. So I'm going to try to tailor this to focus more on that. But um, I think with the No Name situation, she, um, J. Cole's bars, and I and I didn't initially think that they were probably aimed at anyone, just because, you know, J. Cole, a middle child, he's had hard bars that could have been taken as being directed at somebody, but until he responded to it on Twitter, and then he you know, talked about no name. And I think he even mentioned going supporting her. He supports her, uh, what she does with her activism. Um, and with that being said, since that's come out and he's kind of doubled down on it and no name has responded, um, it's just a bad look, you know, and I think him saying what he said, and that's not to say, you know, some people have the mindset of black men should not, you know, if, if a black man says anything in, uh, in disagreeing with the black woman, they try to like automatically throw it under like ghostlighting or you're trying to silence black women. And that's not always the case. Um, I think in, in, in this situation with J Cole, it was just missed time. And I think it was, I don't know. I, I just, with everything that's going on, we don't need to be attacking each other. Um, I personally didn't take I, I still think it's being blown out of proportion some, but I can understand, especially in, in what we're going through now. We're in unprecedented times and people are already being afraid, pissed off, tired of certain shit, everything else under the sun. Um, why would would J. Cole use those bars or, or uh, time to release a single to come at or even say something that may be against um, a black woman? And so, you know. I, I can understand the frustration and some of the backlash. The first when I when I uh, was seeing it, I was like, are y'all really blowing this out of proportion? But then on top of that, with this double down, down, no name. Uh, I love the fact that she responded with bars. I love the fact that the song isn't even that long and that she said what she had had to say. Um, and she even mentioned in, you know, in what's going on, uh, he t- him taking time out to, to write bars towards her when women are being killed. She mentions trans lives and she's she used this platform in this stage because I guarantee you there are people who did not know who the hell no name was that she's now on the radar no name has been a solid rapper for years so I love that she used this without getting into like bashing with keeping it um classy in a way and also keeping it focused on what's going on in the movement that's what separates these two songs is that it seems like J. Cole's uh, using his platform to 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 disagree with somebody um, more, and she kept it while she did mention it she still kept it and used her time that she used to really highlight what's going on and the problems that's going on in society so you know it, it you hate to see two artists who are both great artists really get into it about something so silly and I don't want to say getting into it because all we know is that they they texted behind the scenes and everything is cool so I don't want to you know some people will use the thing that it's beef that's not necessarily the case um but you know i love and as we talk about on the breaks radio a lot this thing this hip-hop thing is a sport and so when you when you do and have something like this where it does stay on wax and you have two artists who are for all for lack of better words are going at it on wax that it stayed there and you know it's not gonna and well i would hope that it doesn't devolve into anything unnecessarily dramatic or anything but you know this is 
I don't know if J. Cole is going to respond. I don't even know if he should. Um, if he does respond, I don't know if it needs to be on wax, if it needs to be more so um, like, oh, I can I can kind of understand where I went wrong. You know, he did double down on it, as I mentioned in his original tweet. But I love that the how No Name responded. And I think that shows the class of her uh, and where she is. And then, like I said, if people didn't know who the hell she was as an artist, you need to be looking out for No Name. And I love the fact that she did not, you know, some people would be like, well, J. Cole is such a bigger artist. I don't need to say something when to do an interview. But keeping it on wax keeps it sexy. It keeps it classy. It keeps it in the tone of, of our sport. And to me, it's just a beautiful thing. So, you know, that's my thoughts on it. It uh, it's, it's powerful, powerful, I think, um, and my my opinion on it. So we have one more topic during the In the Mind of Hayes segment. We're actually going to take a break. We're going to get into some more Juneteenth facts. I'll catch you guys on the other side of that with the second part of the In the Mind of Hayes. The June 19th announcement came more than two and a half years ago after Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. So, technically, from the Union's perspective, the 250,000 enslaved people in Texas were already free, but none of them were aware of it and no one was in a rush to inform them. All right. So the second thing that I have um, in this in the Martin Hayes segment is talking about the Dave Chappelle special. And I refuse to really call it a stand up. Um, it's 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 great to see a celebrity really take the time out um, and really think about the impact of the celebrity. Right. Um, me and Baylor, we had an episode recorded of the Brooks Radio that actually got lost. That's why we didn't have an episode last week um, in which we talked about like how while people probably shouldn't look up to celebrities, while people shouldn't judge their moral compass off their their favorite celebrity while people shouldn't even expect celebrities to really have much to say or to offer all the time on things it's almost null and void to talk about that so much because at the end of the day people are going to they're going to look to their celebrity they're going to look to um or or kind of judge like i said their moral compass off their favorite celebrity but to hear dave Chappelle in this thing talk about the fact of how no one needed to hear from him at a time like this. The last thing he wanted to do was add his opinion on top of everything else that was going around in the height of it um, on Twitter. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's good to see a celebrity have that perspective, um, but then still give it like he like throughout this whole stand up again. I, I, it's I don't know. It's not a comedy special to me. I mean, yes, he was standing up, but it was so much more than that. Right. Like watching him up on that stage it was more him working through his emotions and feelings of what's going on um yeah he threw a couple jokes in there you know we know he we heard him say candace owens pussy stinks and you know whatever it's all fun it's all funny um in that case but at the same time to have someone sit back and really think about the the impact of it and and it's it was dave Chappelle in a way we haven't really seen Dave Chappelle very often, right? Dave, Dave Chappelle is very always very well put together. Uh, the way that he puts his acts together, his stands up, everything, and this really just felt like him saying, "Okay, I think I'm ready to talk about it. Why not do it in this fashion?" And you know, for those who don't know, Dave, Dave Chappelle lives in Yellow Springs, Ohio, uh, which is like an hour away from me, and he like is so low key there. Like you'll see Dave Chappelle just walking around, um, um, but. You know, for him, he can he can he does this randomly probably a couple of times a year, maybe once a year where he'll just have a show. And it's not like this, though, like this felt so different. Um, And, you know, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more backlash about it, um, to be quite honest, because of some of the some of the things he said in regards to the police and everything else. But, you know, Dave Chappelle 
is one of those people who you know he's going to um he has opinions and stuff let me not say he always because Dave Chappelle does disappear and he'll come back uh sometimes but you know Dave Chappelle is someone who you know he walked away from the Chappelle so at its height how many celebrities walk away from that type of money not very not very many at all period would would do that so I, I i have a respect for dave Chappelle. it's not the fact that he lives in ohio or anything like that but i really do um have a lot of respect for him um you know he talked about uh george floyd and he talked about you know what's it like seeing someone lose their life and call out to his mama and you know it, it, it you can see that he's angry he's confused he's everything on it and you know what what as somebody who who very often says we don't need to look to celebrities and i'm not saying look to them for their moral couples it just feels good to have someone use their platform in a way that he did um so when you when you look at him like adding his two cents and trying to anchor um anything uh, or, or or just the social un, uh, unrest that's going on right now um and him talking about like do we give a fuck about what ja Rule thinks do we give a fuck about this like it it you can tell that to me let me not say you can tell because some people may get a different read on this like i feel like this is the same conversation that dave Chappelle would have with the people in his life like it just felt like a ted talk almost and shout out to mary almonte on the breaks who who pointed it out and that is really what it felt like um and you he uses like to say like they like we often think about like white supremacy and what it means and everything um and but it's it to also put on the fact of what the black life is worth like george zimmerman is nobody to his credit um you know and don lemon has been another one who's been going the fuck off and it's good to see celebrities kind of just be more human i guess um to be more open about and and pissed off like it usually when we get stuff like this celebrities are so well put together and, and like they've had their there's not their speech but they, they just seem well crafted and and prepared for what they're going to say and and how the the press release they're going to do about it um but yeah i mean it just it overall just really resonated with me i uh, said maybe two or three jokes throughout the the 25 28 minute special um but let me know what you guys think about it. i just really wanted to take some time out to talk about that because i think it was just such a great moment um in time and in what's going on uh so yeah I, I, and you know we talked about too like what other comedians or or, or celebrities you see taking a stand and maybe speaking up like this i said you know eddie murphy's working on something i don't know if it's too late um I, chris rock is another one um i don't know know if kevin hart will or, or would do something like this um but yeah i mean it's, it's just good you know we'll, we'll see now we'll see um but that's it that's my thoughts on that we're gonna get another couple of facts um from juneteenth and then we're going to get into the Cookie Chronicles. I'll see you guys right after that. General Order Number 3, as read by General Granger, said, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with the proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Hey, Saints and Nades, 
welcome back to the Cookie Chronicles segment here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. This is your girl, the First Lady, and I am just like so, 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 so happy. I've been overwhelmed with joy the past couple weeks. Um, I have been moving forward with a lot of my Lady Haven stuff, and not to mention that my birthday was June 9th. So I am still on a high from all of that. Um, I also moved into my office this week. And one of the other things that happened the past couple weeks, um, I met back up and came really close again with um, one of my best friends from elementary school. Um, We actually grew up in the same church. We had um, the same teachers and went to the same school um, for like two or three years um, for a little bit of elementary. Um, I think it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Uh, we kind of lost distance and came back and, you know, so we kind of just been like rekindling the friendship and, you know, reminiscing and catching up. And she expressed to me that she's been dealing with this guy for the past year, um, back, I think it was a year in March. They were dating exclusively. Um, they've met each other's kids. They've met each other's family members. They plan vacations. Uh, they talk about building a future together. Um, and he is younger than her. Um, I think he was maybe 27, 28. And she's in her early 30s. Um, so all of a sudden, she said, like a month ago, he just ghosted her. Like, he sent her this this crazy text saying that, you know, he was trying to work out things with his kid's um, mom in order to be able to see his kid. And kind of just fell off the face of the earth like she hasn't heard from him. No text, no smoke signal, no like on social media, like nothing. No kind of communication. And being as though she's 34 now, um, and she's had other relationships, like she's been married before. This is her first, like, real love. Like, she said she didn't even feel this upset and this sad when she was going through her divorce. Like... This man really put a hurt on her. Like, she's depressed. She doesn't really eat. She doesn't want to get out. Like, she cries. And, you know, we've all been there. Um, I had my first heartbreak at 27. So, (laughs) it's a little late. But I understand where she's coming from. And, you know, I give her a few encouraging words and let her know that she's going to be fine. Like, essentially, she really just has to go through every emotion that she feels. um, And it will go away. Um, But she also believes in the metaphysical world so she's you know been doing like the readings um and stuff like that to try to you know figure out how she should move forward but she's really really sad and my thing is like with the whole ghosting is you know it's okay I feel like it's okay to ghost someone that you have no loyalty to like say you meet someone on social media or a dating website and you guys talk for a little bit you got on a date or two you figure out that, you know, there's no real chemistry there. Like, we really don't like each other like that, like we thought we would. I think it's okay to ghost someone in that kind of scenario. Like, we have no loyalty to each other. We hold no real place in each other's heart. To me, that's okay. But when you've been dating someone exclusively for a year and family and children are involved and finances are involved, Especially if everything was going good, like there were no arguments being had, so it wasn't like there were any crazy red flags, and then all of a sudden someone disappears, like that is some of the most fucked up shit that you can do. Now, granted, me and Hayes talked about um, on Love Less and Badass Soul that, you know, closure 
I'm the type of person that I don't really need closure, but in a, in a situation like that, where nothing was wrong and you all of a sudden disappear, that is a scenario where I feel like closure is needed. Like, I don't understand why, you know, he couldn't just say, hey, you know, I'm going through some things. Or even if he had a change of heart, I feel like when you've been dealing with someone for that long and you have so much invested that's the least you can do. Like, you owe someone that much to say, you know, I'm going through some things. Um, I don't want to drag you into it. I don't want you to feel like, you know, I'm being dismissive of you and your feelings and spending time with you. But I got to get myself right first. Like, we, I'm pretty sure she would have had so much more respect for him as a person, as a man, to to go that route. As opposed to just disappearing with no real rhyme or reason and I just really feel for her because again like I I said I I had my first heartbreak at 27 I know how that feels and I don't wish heartbreak on anyone anyone at all like so many things that I would love for my haters to experience heartbreak is not one of them like sometimes people don't come back from that you know you are never the same in relationships like it it takes a minute it took me about three or four months to get out of that funk and it's to a point where you know she's crying all the time like it's just really sad and I wish that you know I'm here in the state of Maryland and parents of George's County but I kind of wish that we had more things open you know with COVID going on we're still on lockdown so only our essential businesses are open um allegedly that's going to change tomorrow but I just wish you know prior to now that they were open because then I can you know take her out and get her mind off of things I felt like when I was in that situation it helped me a lot to be around other people um the more you kind of sit and sulk and think about what has happened the more upset you are and the more you put yourself in this depressive episode and so you know I tried to get out of the house yesterday like she came and saw the new office and we talked for a few hours um but I just really wish that I didn't have to leave her alone because again I like you know I've been there I understand how that goes um but as far as the ghosting thing I feel like please don't do that if you have had a relationship with someone and you guys were exclusive even if you weren't exclusive then you guys were getting to know each each other and you have other things invested in one another um time energy um again finances meeting each other's kids like the kids were getting along you can't just uproot your life from someone else's that is that you've been attached to in that way um again if you don't really know that person you guys don't have that kind of relationship I feel like it's okay but this was so wrong so wrong on so many levels and at this point you know she doesn't know what she's going to do if he decides to come back and you know reach back out you know I'm all for making a nigga work for it you know I'll, I'll never tell someone not to be with the person that they love even if they've been wronged you know unless it's a situation where you're being abused and or something you know super serious like that I'll never tell someone to leave because you know the heart wants what it wants but at this point she doesn't know what she's gonna do she doesn't know if she 
can even move on and she also doesn't want to be bothered with men in general like she doesn't want to smell a man be around a man think about a man you know she's a cute girl she has people approach her and inbox her via social media and stuff and she's just completely turned off and not interested and again I totally, totally get it. And I feel like, you know, for the men that's listening, y'all have been there too, where someone broke your heart and you really couldn't function and you kind of had to fake the funk around other people to get through it. But that is like one of the worst things you can do is ghost someone that you actually had some type of relationship with. Please don't do that. Please be old enough and mature enough to express yourself. Um... Even, like I said, if you have a change of heart and you don't feel the same way or you start dating somebody else, after all that time is invested, just be like, look, you know, I've enjoyed the time that we've had. I'm currently, you know, getting to know someone else. I really don't want to hurt your feelings, but I run. I really want to pursue this to see where it goes. Or again, if you're going through something, hey, it's not you. And that sounds really cliche, but it's not you. It really is me. Like, I really do need to battle with what I have going on just me and the issue and not bring you into it like I promise it's not anyone else I promise that I'm definitely gonna reach back out but I just I need this time for me people will respect you so much more if you just tell the truth and you be honest and then you won't leave them wondering what if or what did I do wrong because in a lot of those situations you know we blame ourselves like what did we do how could I have done anything better and we start looking for signs well I mean, this did happen, and he did say that, and or even if nothing happened, like, like I said, they were all good. They didn't really have any red flags. So, give someone the option to have closure in that sense. Um, don't leave someone wondering, like, was it me? Because we always go the was it me route. And I told her, like, that's another reason why therapy and counseling has helped me so much over the years is... It helped me gain a better understanding of of myself and what I need and and look at look internally for answers. And I told her, you know, especially if it was nothing that was done to get you guys to that point, you cannot blame yourself for that. Like if you know you did everything right as far as you know, and he didn't have any issues, he didn't verbalize anything that he had an issue with when it came to you or or anything with the relationship. It's definitely a him problem. Like, it's something that he has to deal with with himself. And, you know, they all come back, even for the guys. Like, y'all y'all females always come back into your life after they done wronged you. So, he'll be back. Just know that it was not you. And I really wanted to just give her the biggest hug ever. But I need you guys, everybody, to just do better. Use your words, okay? Use your words. Don't leave someone that you clearly love and that loves the hell out of you and your your kids and your family hanging like that. And then it's also hell of embarrassing. Like, when your family come around and ask her, like, oh, how are you and such and such doing? And you don't really have nothing to say. Or you're at the point where even someone bringing up his name, like, brings you to tears and you have to fight back. Like, oh, that is just the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling ever. So please, y'all, don't don't do that to people that you are you've been with. Like that is the craziest feeling ever. And I just want everyone to reach out to me. Let me know if 
you've had a situation where you were the person that ghosted someone that you were dating or no not dating in a relationship with or if you have been ghosted and how many times has it been done how did you feel um did you reach back out to the person did you try to figure out and get the closure that you felt like you know you needed what happened hit me up on cookie cron dmv on instagram or you can follow me at tia the first lady on facebook all right y'all looking forward to your stories till next week bye Y'all still ghosting motherfuckers in 2020 as grown adults? Like, I always say, like, the when you ghost someone, unless it's, like, an abusive situation or you need to get around, like, I understand that. So let, let me just preface that before anybody comes at me. Um, but if you ghost someone, like, I just feel like it means that you are a sucky communicator. Like, you can't communicate why you're unhappy or, or, or why you don't want to deal with that person anymore. Now, if they can't handle what you saying they keep trying to push the conversation all right then i can understand you just being like all right i'm not responding to anything else but you know that's just my two cents in it um and I, you know i love that segment lighten it up a little bit we are going to go ahead uh we're going to hear one more fact the last one actually uh for juneteenth and this one is actually coming from tia that's why i had to give my two cents in here i didn't want to go from tia's voice to tia's voice again so we're going to get into that from tia get some music and then we're going to go into the main discussion topic News traveled slowly back in those days. It took Confederate soldiers in western Texas more than two months to hear that Robert E. Lee had surrendered at Appomattox. Still, some have struggled to explain the 30-month gap between Lincoln's proclamation and the enslaved people's freedom, leading to speculation that some Texans suppressed the announcement. Other theories include that the original messenger was murdered to prevent the information from being relayed, or that the federal government purposely delayed the announcement to Texas to get one more cotton harvest out of the enslaved workers. But the real reason is probably that Lincoln's proclamation wasn't enforceable in the rebel states before the end of the war. Okay, so I figured with this dropping on Juneteenth, it would be great um, to talk about my favorite director of all time, um, and that is Spike Lee. Uh, my inspiration for anything I do, video, even learning, wanting to do video, started uh, well. It it started in a different place. I don't want to say it started there, but it, I'm I'm inspired um by spike lee i listened to like a master class that he did when he was um i listened to a master class and then separately uh when he was in the the director's cut podcast uh him and martin scorsese talking about film it just i had to i had to listen to that like spike lee film spike lee style is something that i don't want to emulate or imitate at all but it's something that inspires like the way that i like 
look at stuff um and as like i work on more stuff so you know that's just a little two cents about me um i really really if you can't tell i love spike lee but um coming outside of that um you know he dropped this film called the five bloods uh dropped on netflix um and you know i think he's actually working on another movie right now as well i think like he already has his next project in the works but you know this was a film that i was really looking uh, i was really looking forward to um i was it's spike lee like almost anything spike lee you can sign me the hell up for um and i didn't even really know what the premise was for for my large part of my anticipation i just knew it was going to be a new spike lee movie um and so think hearing about the plot the fact that it was based on um black soldiers returning to vietnam uh to find the bones of one of their their fallen comrades it just it sounded so amazing um, because one thing that we don't really talk about often, you know, I'm my father was in the military. And one thing that I, as I get older uh, that, that keeps bothering me is the fact that um, that how, how we treat our soldiers after the fact, especially back then, like it was even worse. People used to come home from Vietnam and they were labeled uh, murderers, people that it was hard for them to get jobs because that was that was the war that we weren't all unified a, a, as a country on. So coming into this film. I was highly anticipating it. And since then, I'm just going to go ahead and, and bury the lead here. Like since since watching the movie, I've been so over the place on my opinion of it, whether I liked it, whether I disliked it. Um, I think at first initially coming out, my brain trying to rectify that it was from Spike Lee. I was like, oh, it's really good. It's really good. It has some downtimes that I, I would say, honestly, the first the first like five minutes are kind of slow and I'm like, uh, and then like the next like 15 to 30 minutes after that are all really, really good. And then it goes left again. Um, but like I've, I've come all over the place. Like I've said, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I said, I really couldn't stand it. Um, I've watched it three times since then trying to get a grip on my feelings. And I think overall, like where my thoughts rest in this are, is I think the themes in this are amazing. What he wanted to convey in this and the story that he wanted to tell, utterly amazing. I, I don't think anyone can find any holes in what the premise was and what and, and the performances. And that's another thing. Like, it's hard to to say that you don't like a movie when the performances are so good. And some of them are a little, are, are, I wouldn't say cringeworthy, but some of them are better than others. Delroy Lindo is amazing in this movie. Amazing. Period. Point blank. Chadwick Boseman in the few scenes that we get him, I thought like it was like he was doing like a weird accent for a while, but then it made sense. Um, and I, I came around to that, like hit the, his portrayal and like his facial and like every everything. It was it was it was great performances, basically from the top down in this film, I think. Um, so great story, great performances. Uh, well, great, you know, plot or whatever uh, initially, but the execution in it. I feel like this is the first Spike Lee movie that I've seen that the execution of it kind of seemed pretty bipolar. Um, and I love how he in in that, like, I think some of that was built in. I think some of it, it was meant to seem that way, but I just think it didn't all come together cohesively as, as he may have intended it to be. We have these different aspect ratios. So when you're in the, uh, the flashback scenes, you're in this, this old school square aspect ratio. Um, 
And then you have the, and I'm, I know as I'm getting directing, you think I wouldn't remember these aspect ratios, but he uses aspect different aspect ratios to convey different points in time and different things going on. Um, and you know that's great. It, it it was seamless here. You know some movies use it, and it just seems like why are you changing this? Some people may not even notice that the aspect ratios are changing, and that's a directive, t- a directing technique um, to go back and use aspect ratios that were commonly used in the time period that you that you're doing. And so that's still great master filmmaking from from Spike Lee. Um, but I think overall, my where my feelings lie in this movie is that it just seemed bipolar in a in a not a good way. Um, and you know, something that I've thought about since then, and this is kind of what it brought me more back to the positive side, still not totally positive, but it brought me back more to the positive side is maybe that was intent intentional because we're sitting here living with these former soldiers that do have a form of PTSD. So maybe what we're seeing and what we're struck and, and the fact that it seems so knee jerk sometimes and how we go to different things. And like I said, that bipolarness, maybe that's to put us in the mind of those soldiers who are handling that PTSD, especially Delroy Lindo's character. And I want to talk about him specifically. Um, Cause what it, he has, of course, the, probably the best character arc in this movie overall. I think um, when you look at, what he did from being a soldier in Vietnam to being a black Trump supporter, which kind of got, you know, they had a conversation about it and, and, you know, but it kind of got swept under the rug a little bit. Um, it didn't get, they didn't sit on it for a very long time, but when you have that, um, and then this guy who's like immediately him coming back to Vietnam, sent him in such a dark place that he never really got out of. Right. Um, he kind of, he kind of buried it and thought it was gone, but he never really truly healed from it. And I think that showed the closer they get, uh, to where um, they lost the gold and where his friend died, the closer and closer that they get to that, the more you see you see him becoming unhinged. Um, and it kind of starts with his son popping up, and he's like, "Oh, I never wanted you." And that's the first thing you kind of get, like, "Damn, that's kind of fucked up." But then you see, and as you learn more story, not only did this guy suffer from Vietnam, he came back, he was treated poorly, he had, he 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 accidentally killed his best friend, which was. Um, a Chadwick Boseman character. I'm sorry for spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, and then his wife dies giving bo- giving birth to his son. So he has this resentment towards his son that he does love. You get to see that at some point. He does care about. He does love, but it's just so much pain wrapped up in the way that his son came into this into this world that it's hard for him to shake it. It's powerful. Like that story alone. That if that would have just been a story in a movie. That would have been an Oscar-worthy story, probably, and powerful as hell. Um, and I don't know how this is going to go for award season. I really hope that Delroy Lindo gets 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 um, nominated for something because his performance here is crazy. But let's get into something I want to talk about that kind of highlights some of this bipolarness that we're talking about. So with Delroy Lindo's character, we're at a specific point in the movie, in the film, where he's trying to run from gold and he's separated from everybody else because he wanted to go one way and everybody wanted to go another way and he's in the jungle he slides down this thing he loses the gold he's walking he's having this inner monologue and finally he comes to a place where he sees basically the spirit of Chadwick Boseman's characters where he's like I can't I can't go we have to basically we have to we have to deal you have to deal with what happened and then we see this gunshot wound on Chadwick Boseman then we get to flashback to see how he died and how Delroy Lindo's character Paul shot him on accident being nervous um and he's covered that up and hid that from his friends for so long and I hate that we never got the the point where his friends found out that that's how they lost their friend um 
uh, Stormer Norman, I believe was his name. No, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stormer Norman uh, was his name. Um, Norm was was his son's name. Oh, no. So Norm. <laughs> Norm is the actor who played Eddie. That, that's got me confused for a minute. But um, Nor- Norman, which is Chadwick Boseman character. Um, so he's sitting there. He's talking to him and they and they have this hug. He has this hug with the specter of 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 the character. And uh, he, you can tell that he he comes to terms with the fact that he accidentally killed his friend. And he's saying, I love you. I forgive you. And he it's really him forgiving himself. We immediately go to that to him digging his own grave in front of the Viet Cong. And it's just like it was such a, a jerky thing because it's like you, you expect to have this scene where he's like, oh, no, now I'm going to go back and save my son and my friends. I'm going to go I'll try to go back to him and then maybe he gets captured. But he's immediately talking to these Vietnam uh, guy, these Vietnamese guys with guns and they're having him dig a hole. And you know, they're going to shoot him. And you, you're sitting there and, and this conversation goes on for a while. He's singing to themselves. They're getting irritated with him. And. You, you're, you're like, OK, are they going to shoot him? Are his friends going to come? Is there going to be some way he gets out of this? Because this character has been through so much in this film that we found out about him that there's parts of you that hope he's going to make it out alive with his son. But he doesn't. He gets shot. They, they get tired of him. They shoot him up a bunch of times and he's dead. And we never get to see him reconnect with his son. We never get to see his friends find out, like I said, what he did um, accidentally to Stormy Norman Chadwick Boseman characters. We never get to see that and I think that robs something, some of the power that could have been in that. If if he could have still died, don't get me wrong. Like everything that he'd been through, it's it, the writing was kind of on the wall that his character was going to die. I feel, especially with his son being there and kind of some of the conversations they had from him welcoming his son back to him, you know, trying to mend that fence to him saying "fuck his son" again. Like that whole thing was 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 powerful. Um, but you kind of hope that he was going to make it back to them and then maybe he dies in the standoff or whatever. He dies some way then, but he gets to tell his friends what happened. They get to forgive him. He gets to tell his son, no, I do love you and I'm sorry for what I said, but we don't get that. Um, so it, it's, I don't know. There, there's a lot in it. You know, Norm uh, or Eddie, who was played by Norm Lewis, he, he he gets blown up and that's when the shit really hits the fan. And you, once he steps on a mine and blows up and you kind of see the graphicness of like his limbs missing and he's actually going to die, it, it changes the tone again. This film went from everything to, I don't want to say coming of age, maybe a coming back together a reunion story to uh, 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 old men, uh, basically the I'm too old for this story to then to um, a, a, a war movie. Like it's so many different themes and, and, and stories in this movie that I can understand why people really don't know how to feel about it. Um, like I said, overall, I really think that I'm more on the side that as much as like even me sitting here talking about it. Right. It seems bipolar because the movie's so bipolar. I love parts of this movie. And I hate parts of this movie. And you can, depending on what what aspect of the movie we're talking about, my tone can go from seeming excited, seeming elated, seeming like I'm in love with this movie, to seeming like I just downright didn't care for it. Um, and you know, to get the Rotten Tomatoes on there are 91 percent based on 202 reviews. So overall, people are enjoying this movie, and I think that's because like it's it, it and it looks beautiful. Um, one of the other things that that kind of threw me off a little bit in this movie and this i think shows the budgetary restraints is that when we do the flashback scenes chadwick boseman is younger and these characters who were supposed to be his same age we have the older actors playing those roles like they didn't cgi it until the end like we get a photo of them all being young at the end and they didn't cgi and that's probably because they didn't have the budget because it was a netflix film and i think that was kind of off-putting to me too because i'm like what are they going for stylistically here um and it's just, you know, it's an important movie to drop during this time, right? Um, 
and anytime Spike Lee drops a movie, it's going to be something for the culture. It's going to be something that we look at because he does use his movies to tell powerful stories. And like I said, a novelization of this book, I mean, of this movie will be amazing to read. If it comes out, I'm going to buy it. Um, but just like the film itself, it just it wasn't Spike Lee's best work. Um, and I hate to come down on it. I know this is the Juneteenth episode and everything, but, you know, it just I'm really I really just I'm all over the place with this movie. I love certain aspects of it. Let me know how you guys feel about it, man. Um, yeah, it's just it's something to really think about, man. It's really something to think about. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it for this episode. That's it for uh, The Awakened Soul. Not for this. Well, I guess technically this week because Sunday starts a new a new episode a new week I'll still be dropping my normal episode on Sunday like I said this one's just late and I decided to ho- push it back because I was going to do something with just the clips for Juneteenth to kind of drop but they incorporated I incorporated it into the full episode for a better experience so I just like the way that it came together again like I said at the top of the show you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E you can follow the podcast at Awaken So Pod or The Awaken So Pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns The Awaken So Pod at gmail.com and lastly if you want to leave us a voicemail you can do so at 614-547-2039 we are the best podcast in the world uh shout out to tia make sure you go and follow and support her too we out this bitch peace get my people out them chains nigga i mean handcuffs time to man up put my hands up fuck you saying bro because i'm a black man in the phantom or is it because my windows tinted car cost 300 thou and i blow endo in it you mad because your daughter fuck with me on spring break well i'ma fuck it till spring break roll another one cause i'm winning in my photo looking real photogenic Gentlemen attire in threads that won't expire. I'm in the class of my own, my teacher got fired. Money getting low, pussy rate keep rising. Versace outfit cost me 3000 From the P houses, did it from the wheat hours. Selling that chicken, no lemon pepper, no sweet and sour. First you get the power, then you get respect. I'm getting so much money, I can buy your bitch. Take it how you wanna, if you wanna take it. I like clubs where all the women working naked. Fell in love with a waitress, what the fuck I'm thinking? Bought that whole ring, it was for a pinky. Uh, that's pimping, that's slick. Got a bottle of cologne that costs more than your rent. Uh, fuck y'all mad at me, folk. Got a black card and a black phantom with a white bitch in Idaho. I do the same thing in Montana. Got a thick bitch in Atlanta. Got a red bone in the shop. Got two chains, they two tone, 200 racks, no lie. I live on my As I look into the window, there was a sound of a crescendo. You been hit by, you been struck by a smooth. <laughs> Man, I'ma make you edit that shit out, nigga. Three, two. Like Baltimore, come to you'll see murders. murders? That's beef, nigga, no burgers. I'm insane and you Usain, nigga, better turn on them burgers. Got coke swimming in that glass jar, bitch, go turn on them burgers. 
Got dope to sell in this hotel No half price, no retail You a bitch nigga, no female I smack niggas, freeware I'm on the block like D12 I got the white, no D12 Like a little nigga in Africa I was born tough in that K And that's real shit, no Will Smith And no known to gay But they yelling, I live on my yay I live on my yay Thank God that a nigga seen another day I live on my yay I live on my yay Got a chopper and a bottle, fucking let him spray. I take my case to trial, hire the dream team. Robbie Kardashian, Johnny Cochran, I seen things. I dream big, I think sharp. Inhale smoke, Hawaiian tree bark. Humble yourself, you not a G, keep it one with yourself. Running niggas for help, favors, I keep one on the shelf. I got rifles with lasers, swing it just like the majors. Hit you right above navel, now you swimming in pavement. Gold medals on my neck, I call it Michael Phelps. Hoes selling for less, I call them bottom shelf. Niggas tough on them blogs and never did nothing at all. On the road.